Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to North Point of View with Dr. Walter Kimsey's doc. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, and doc, uh, Dr. K, there's a lot of uh, uh, titles. Uh, but we went back to the future on the last podcast. Yeah. If you missed it, you need to, you need to catch that one. That was fun. Um, so we use math too, just a, a few other podcasts ago, the quadratic trend. Yeah. Well, I'm a mathlete. Yeah. What can I say? Um, the topic today is mega trends and, um, hit on, uh, a few, the last couple of, of podcasts. Uh, we're talking about globalization, technology, uh, ESG. Um, I want to go, I just, before we dive in, I, I want to take a sidebar and hit on cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. you know, world, world markets. We talked about the you know, cheap Europe. Um, but I think some of what we're going to talk about in these others was seen literally played out in the last 12 months in mm -hmm. crypto. Right. Right. We did a podcast, I don't know, almost a year ago. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We uh, and you sort of surprised me on that one. You, I mean, I was going right, you went left mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> it really opened my eyes to some things. Um, but man, we've seen it just crumble. I mean, it's it's EV share prices and cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's like these mega trend kind of things. Just yeah. And so let's let's take crypto for a minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it seemed like hype. It to me, it was a little bit of an illiquid, you know, market mm -hmm. or product. Uh, and I don't know, cryptocurrency. What happened? Well. There's two approaches to this, okay? We have a need for supply chain visibility. And so they were using the ideas to use blockchain technology yeah. to uh, trace a product every time it changes hands, but that, you know, you, you get it recorded. And that is the same technology that sits behind the cryptocurrency, it's blockchain. And there are lots of books in these things, You go read one because we're not going to spend 30 minutes going through what, what blockchain is, etc. Um, so what happens is the guys who are doing the putting all of those transactions into the blockchain, uh, you can see where the product is, you know who touched it last, you know who has to have it. And what you can do with that is instead of having banks doing letters of credit, etc., which you need before you put anything on a ship, you could have a cryptocurrency unit there so that every time the product changes hands, so does the currency. Okay, now you notice I'm using the word currency. Yeah. Okay, it is a cryptocurrency, but it is tied to the product. Then we have this nonsense cryptocurrencies. The first thing is, is they're nonsense in the sense that if they're not used as a means of exchange, they're not a currency, they're just a speculative vehicle. Right? Who's using who's using Bitcoin to buy stuff? You have to use partial Bitcoins, I, and I know some countries are using Bitcoin in their yeah. payment systems, but you know that part isn't clear to me. Uh, what I do see so is so that that was the illiquidity. Yeah, it, it wasn't moving. Yeah, exactly. It's it was not speculation. Really a yeah, exactly. I don't know if Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme is actually appropriate, but the way it went up and the way it came back down, 
Yeah. There was a lot of hype. Right. It's way too much hype. And and you called it early. I mean, you just said, I don't know where this is going, but you know, eventually it's going to come hurtling down. And you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, because I don't know what the fundamentals are that you would tie the value of the currency to. Well, that was the issue. Yeah. Right? So it's not a currency. It's a crypto speculation thing. No, there are currencies that are emerging, like in some countries where a lot of mining product is shipped from country A to country B. They have created a cryptocurrency that is tied to the movement of the iron ore and other things between country A and country B. So that is a legitimate, but that one is really only used by a handful of mining companies, shipping companies, and manufacturing companies on the other side. Currency is a lot different than a market speculation vehicle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, anyways, like if you look at the world of options, you know, options have five risk parameters to them. You know, they talk about the delta, the gamma, the tau, the rho. Uh, And so the you can with options, you can isolate these risks and you can trade them. And what happened during the 2008 home mortgage crisis is people were buying options on the volatility of the um, mortgage-backed um, you know, assets. And so what the hell is that? I mean, you know, you're, you're betting the volatility is going to go up, the volatility is going to go down. To, to me, that's the same thing as cryptocurrency, as, a, as, right. a, as, as Bitcoin. What's in the basket? I don't know. Exactly. So, and then of course, uh, AIG blew up and took, took out Goldman Sachs and we had to give the banks a billion dollars, a trillion dollars, whatever it was. And, you know, because so that's what when you brought it up last time, that was our concern is, you know, there, there are two legitimate cryptocurrencies, but are, is everything out there that's called a cryptocurrency truly a currency? Right. And now to tie that back into the other mega trends you mentioned, you know, the EV, the stocks of the EV, um, we talked uh, a couple of podcasts ago on the, you know, the ESG and sort of like, you know, the artificial interference in the market and what that creates or in another way to look at it, the hype. Yes. Right. On some of this. And you were you used a word a minute ago, temperance mm-hmm. or moderation. Right. As we look at these sort of megatrends and where we are on the cycle of a megatrend. Exactly. You know, so we were talking before about back in our days in Wall Street, how we always said, like we did a few podcasts ago, the trend is your friend. Yeah. And so if the mega trend is sustainable, and there's easy ways to identify that, uh, it doesn't mean that the stock market or the or whatever market it is prices it correctly. You know, people start hearing a lot of news, they get excited, they pile into the shares. Well, you know, I, I you see the share prices going too far above the trend. It's when we used to cut and bolt and wait till it went back down. But the one so important market's always either overbought or oversold, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, but there's another side of the mistakes that are made. We were talking about this before. How do you value a uh, a, a startup company? Right. And so, the what I learned from the folks at, at Franklin Templeton, you know, they were my client way back. Uh, brilliant people. Yeah. And I said some dumb stuff about Amazon. It was it sounded smart. But it turned out to be really stupid because they pointed out to me that the way you value these growth startups is on a P to five year forward E basis. Because you've got to look down the road. What could this thing get to in five years that would justify the price? 
But I think what we're seeing is a, a, a disconnect from true fundamental analysis. It's, right. And, and, and so what I have learned from you, working with you, you know, side by side on some of the projects is it takes a hell of a lot longer to get something done in the real world than it does on paper. Yeah. You know, I mean, it I takes can, longer than it takes and it costs more than it costs. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> I opened the door for you to remind me of that. But that's exactly the case. And so, um, you know, this is the stuff of which bubbles are made. You know, the years ago I had a I was asked by the wealth managers at UBS to put together a portfolio of technology stocks that would do well during the, the, you know, this technology upcycle. And so I went and grabbed the names of all these companies that had the patent on, for example, on a pen, the little clip that you put on it so you can stick it in your pocket with a protector. Well, the guy, the company that had that patent was a monopolist. It's like you know, airplane seatbelts. Right. There's a company that has practically a 100% global market share of seatbelts. Wow. And without the seatbelts, you can't fly a plane. Right. Regulatorily. I mean, you could, but you, know, you might scrape yourself off the ceiling. So that's what I picked. And I sent the portfolio over and they almost canned my butt <laughs> because they didn't recognize any name. Like, what is this CMG Inc.? You know, why don't you have IBM and, and you know, and uh, Intel and... Apple and all of this stuff. And I said, because they're overvalued. Those are the ones who are going to collapse first. People are pricing in sales from 20 years in the future into the price today, whereas these companies are being ignored. And their sales are going to do just as well as everybody else's because without their stuff, you can't make that stuff. I was a supply chain guy way back in the 90s. So anyways, um, my boss protected me. He gave them the names and they were happy and they stopped trying to get me canned. But we tracked our, our, my portfolio on Bloomberg, and as the tech sector took a nosedive, my guys just kept steadily increasing in share price. And that's the importance of understanding a megatrend. How do you invest, you know, as you said, with temperance? And, and where is the real value being added? Those story stocks are, you know, and that's what we've seen a lot of is a lot of story selling and not very much fundamental selling. Well, we got locked up in our houses for two years and we were eager to hear anything that we could that was different than the day before, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, Walter, it's been a great session. Great to be with you. Uh, thanks for everything today. Let's catch up soon. Absolutely. All right, take man. care, man. Good See seeing you again. All right.